Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me and giving me a little bit of your time and energy. For those of y'all that come back day after day, I'm glad glad you're back. It's nice to feel like uh, we have a little bit of community. For those of y'all that continue to tell others about the podcast, thank you so much. Um, very grateful for that. Homestead, not a lot. I'm going to make fun of myself here for a minute, so hopefully that'll make some of y'all chuckle at least, especially any of y'all that garden. I like messing around in our garden. I'm not very good at it. I get easily frustrated, and I fluctuate back and forth between wanting to build a 15-acre garden and just letting it all go to seed because I can't manage to keep the weeds out of even two or three rows. So I'm kind of all over the place. One of the things that I am not good at is labeling where I plant stuff. I get repeated instructions or reminders, however you want to look at it, from my ever so loving wife that when I plant stuff, I need to label it somehow. And so some of y'all that have listened to the podcast, you remember I talked about this. At the beginning of fall, we had this great looking garden. The rose looked good. Stuff was coming out. Uh, it's just, it was really hopeful. And then the, the bunny rabbits and the possums and raccoons and deer and our puppy dog and whatever else got in there and just decimated it. And we had about two or three things left out of all the garden that were growing at all. And one of them that was just really doing good, even though we only had like two plants of it left, was the kale. And man, it was just great. And I would go out there and break some off. And one of my daughters would make these kale chips in the oven, which we all kind of like, and we would use it in, I would use it in an omelet on occasion, just kind of ch- cut it up and throw it in there. And, and I guess I noticed it had kind of a weird taste, maybe a little bit. I'm not the most astute connoisseur of garden greens, but we had all decided it was kale. Well, My wife, who likes smoothies, went out to the garden and got a huge chunk of this kale because that's what her husband said it was and that's what he planted there. And So she just grabbed a big old handful of it and threw it in her smoothie. It wasn't kale. It was mustard greens. And if you have ever tried to drink a smoothie 
that is at least half full of mustard grains. You know, as I doubt many of you do, because you wouldn't do that, but you know that that is not the most pleasurable flavor in the world. And so I think as we get closer to spring garden and potatoes and onions, etc., I'm going to have to figure out how to make some little signs for the rose. I think that's what's going to happen. At any rate, thank y'all for humoring, humoring me for a minute. Maybe it made y'all chuckle at least a little. The lesson, obviously, is to make sure that you label stuff or make sure at least your spouse knows what you're growing, right? Or your kids before they go out there and grab a big old handful of it. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the time to record this podcast and the people that listen to it. Be with them and their families. Guide them, bless them. Help us to turn back to you, Father, and your word as a lamp for our feet to light our paths in this darkness, this time that we're going through when there's so much confusion, so much evil, so many lies, so much attempt by people to control us, to get us away from you and your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to get our priorities in order, to actually spend time with you each day, spend time reading our Bible, talking to you, praying, and helping others grow closer to you and guide us in those moments in life uh, where we feel too weak or distracted to do it and give us your strength. And God, my words here, Father, in your son's name we pray, amen. So, the first thing I want to do is I want to read First Thessalonians. I struggle often with different names in the Bible. I don't know if y'all do. There's certain books that I just, they just don't roll off of my tongue very well. Apparently today, Thessalonians is one of them. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13. And this is this goes with the quotes that we've been reading about sorrow. But I, in particular, I wanted to read the common English version or contemporary English version. Sorry. It just, I don't know, it felt like it fit or was clearer. My friends... We want you to understand how it will be for those followers who have already died. Then you won't grieve over them and be like people who don't have any hope. We believe, I'm going to read a couple more verses here, folks. We believe Jesus died and was raised to life. We also believe that when God brings Jesus back again, he will bring with him all who had faith in Jesus before they died. Our Lord Jesus told us that when he comes, we won't go up to meet him ahead of his followers who have already died. With a loud command and with a shout of the chief angel and a blast of God's trumpet, the Lord will return from heaven 
then those who had faith in Christ before they died will be raised to life. Next, all of us who are still alive will be taken up into the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the sky. From that time on, we will all be with the Lord forever. Encourage each other with these words. I just like that version, folks, the way it was worded. And I like the last, the very last verse there about encouraging other, each other with these words because it is encouraging. It's encouraging to think of going to spend eternity with God in heaven and leaving behind the chaos and the pain and the heartache that we have here on earth. It's encouraging the thought of getting to see those loved ones that we have lost or that we will leave behind when we die in heaven again. It's encouraging to know that God and Jesus Christ have defeated all the plans in the end of the devil and his demons and evil men and women. It's encouraging and we need to encourage each other with that just like the Bible just said. So I'm going to read a couple more quotes that kind of go hand in hand with this uh, borrow idea. Oliver Wolcott wrote to his wife uh, a little before the Declaration of Independence was signed. And, and a lot of these founding fathers, you know, they knew what they were getting into. Or, or they knew that it was going to be really tough. They might not have known exactly what they were getting into. Nobody does, right? We can't see the future. But, but one of the things that the Bible gives you when you read it is discernment. And you can look and see what's going on around you. And you can at least grasp a little bit of an idea of what's coming. That's why you look around today, it's so bad because it's pretty clear, folks. It's just logical. We can't keep going. We're, we're using a credit card and we're getting real close to the limit. And we're already having to pay an extremely high interest rate. If you'll allow me this analogy. Uh, and the interest rate has taken a huge toll on our marriages, on our, on our personal lives, on our kids, on our communities, on our schools, on our institutions like our military and our law enforcement. The interest is already just beating us down. But there's going to come a point where there's, there's no more credit. And so he wrote, <clears throat> Wolcott, Oliver Wolcott, wrote this to his wife. May we then turn our eyes to the bright objects above, out of Colossians chapter 3, 1 and 2, and Psalm 121, verse 1. That's one of the great things about this Founder's Bible. This I'm pulling this quote out of the Founder's Bible. You probably can find it. You might be able to find it in Patriots or the American God and Country. You can certainly find it other places, but... One thing that they do a real good job, if you don't have a copy of this Founder's Bible or those other two, I would get it. One of the great things is they will often put 
in brackets the reference of the Bible verse that is is woven. Is that right? Is woven? I don't know. That our 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 founders and others weave into and out of their own statements. And this goes back to Benjamin Franklin's comment. I think it was Franklin's comment about how when he went over sometimes to, I believe, England and France, he had to explain the Bible verses that he would put into his writings, lectures, whatever it was that he was given. But he didn't have to do that in America because in America they knew the Bible verses. And so we go back and we read these, and it's one of the things that's so condemning to me doing this podcast is sometimes I catch this stuff, folks, but there's so many times when I'll be reading an excerpt and I I will have missed the fact that our founder was talking about the Bible or that some other leader, maybe not from the founding era, was, was putting a Bible verse into their writing, into their speech, their text. And it's just, it's, it's really, it's condemning of myself, folks, but it's so, so frustrating again because you see over and over again how influential the Bible was in this Christian nation. I mean, they just, they, they wove it in and out of their lives. And we don't know it anymore because we, we don't know the Bible. This isn't a part of our daily life anymore. And and a lot of times, I'm guilty, I'm so guilty of this, folks. A lot of times when we do read the Bible, it's just a check mark in a box just to get it done with, and we're not really paying attention to it. It's like, you know, when you read a book and you read the same paragraph or the same sentence 15 times and you still don't know what you read. Except in this case, we read it once. We don't know what we read. We don't really care that we don't know what we read, and we just moved on so we can say we read our Bible that day. May we then turn our eyes to the bright objects above, and may God give us strength to travel the upward road. May the divine Redeemer conduct us to that seat of bliss which he himself has prepared for his friends. It's out of John 14.1. At the approach of which every sorrow shall vanish from the human heart. Revelation 21.4. And endless scenes of glory open upon the enraptured eye. 1 Corinthians 2.9 There our love to God and each other will grow stronger, and our pleasures never be damped by the fear of future separation. Put your trust in that God who has hitherto supported you and me. He will not fail to take care of those who put their trust in him. Psalm 1830. There's a line from the seventh book in the Chronicles of Narnia, which is a fiction series, if you don't know, written by C.S. Lewis. And it's a line that's stuck with me for years and years. And in it, uh, the last king of this country called Narnia, and the country's falling, and it's representative of the end times. It's an analogy for the end times. 
And this last king and his best friend are looking around and everything's fallen. Um, Their friends are fallen. Their allies are fallen. Evil's triumphing on every single score. And this king and his friend are kind of cut off. They're definitely cut off. They might even be surrounded at this point in the book. And the king looks over and says something along the lines of, well, it doesn't matter whether we live or die. We still belong to Aslan. And and Aslan, if you don't if you're not familiar with the Chronicles of Narnia, that's the representation of Jesus in the book. And and you see this in Wolcott's letter to his wife. You know, no matter what is coming, we need to keep our eyes on the fact that Jesus Christ is going to take us to heaven where he's prepared a place for his friends, for us, those who love him and follow his commands, right? And every sorrow is going to vanish. And the scenes of glory are going to be endless. And our love for God and each other will grow stronger. And and we're never going to have this fear of future separation. That's who we need to trust. Not ourselves. Not our own strength, right? Because we're going to fail. We fail all the time. Sometimes we choose to fail. But in God, and he won't fail to take care of us. And that doesn't mean we're going to be rich and famous and not have any pain or see death here on earth. But it means in the end, in the ultimate, we're going to be with God and Jesus Christ in that place that he has prepared just for us, especially for us, forever. And and, and we can't even grasp how wonderful it's going to be. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. One more. John Witherspoon, signer of the Declaration. Military action was coming, and he was talking to some troops. There is no soldier so undaunted so fearless as the pious man. No army so formidable as those who are superior to the fear of death. Let therefore everyone who offers himself as a champion in his country's cause be persuaded to reverence the name and walk in the fear of the prince of the kings of the earth. And then he may be with the most unshaken firmness Expect the issue either in victory or death. And then he may, with the most unshaken firmness, expect the issue either in victory or death. One, I I don't know many people when I was in the military that didn't have fear. But a lot of times I think that fear was fear of failure. Fear of ending up being a coward. Fear of 
not being able to deal with the pain and the heartache and the cold or whatever it was. And that's different uh, than fearing death alone. The other thing is, you know, I say this so often real quickly, folks, you don't have to be a Christian in order to be an American, but we have to have Christians in order for America. We have to have people that follow the teachings of Christ in order for America to work. I cannot encourage you enough. If, if you don't have, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to do that, to make that your top priority, like immediately today. And that ties in with that quote. And if we get a chance, we'll come back and talk about it a little bit. God bless y'all. God bless your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.